Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now, here's your host, Chris Palme. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 54 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, brought to you by Barry Collin Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Gulf Auto Mall. Check out barrycollin.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210 and tell them that Chris Palme sent you, or you guys can uh, email them at info at barrycollin.com. And before we get to our show, our guest today, Guys, which I'm looking forward to, Sal Capaccio. Uh, again, live with CDP Sports Talk is weeknights at 8 o'clock on WQEE 99.1 FM in Metro Atlanta, the home of Southern Talk in sports. Anyways, good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Live with CDP uh, podcast this afternoon, and I'm looking forward to my guest today. His name is Sal Capaccio. He is the uh, co-host of the Extra Point Show daily from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on WGR 550 in Buffalo, New York, and he's also the longtime sideline reporter for the uh, NFL's Buffalo Bills. Good afternoon, Sal. How are you doing? I'm good, Chris. Always good to join you, man. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for making some time out of your busy schedule. I know in the last three weeks, uh, it's been crazy uh, covering the Bills, especially with the NFL draft as well. Yeah, it's been uh, been pretty wild. And actually, as we sit here today, another busy day with the schedule coming out. I'm kind of a schedule nerd. I like to follow all the different rumors and leaks and things like that. So we're kind of staying all on top of that. But it's been a, a pretty busy week. There's no stopping the NFL offseason, that's for sure. And was it you that was emceeing the event at Celine Field on Sunday uh, for the Mika High uh, Charity Softball event? Uh, Salem Field, yep, that's what they call Sealance. it. Uh, Salem Field, and uh, yeah, Micah, he uh, he's done his um, he's he's had his Imagine for Youth Charity Softball game uh, here in Buffalo the last several years, and I'm fortunate enough to be asked to be the MC every year. Sold out. It's incredible. Th- tens of thousands of people there. Uh, just a great scene, great atmosphere, and. They raised over half a million dollars for uh, Michael Micah's charity, which is the Imagine for Youth Foundation. It provides, you know, sports equipment and other um, things for kids to be able to play sports. So it's pretty cool. And the weather, I, I saw some of the highlights. The weather looked pretty good, too. Well, we had a rain delay, but the weather was good around that. They uh, We started off well, and then it rained. We, they put the tarp on the field, and then after that, it was great. And uh, Josh Allen was the defending home run derby champion a couple of years in a row, but he actually got beat out by his own right tackle, Spencer Brown. They went to a... Uh, they went to a, a couple of different rounds deep and Josh wound up losing that. So, you know, that's okay though. He'll let his right tackle win because he's got to have that guy protect him this year. Well, I'm glad the event went well. Now, when do they, do they have more training camps in May and June or is it July now? Well, the team, all NFL teams right now are going okay. through their offseason workout program. So okay. every day, pretty much teams are working out, but, it's not OTAs or minicamp yet. They call it phase one, phase two. There's only certain things they can do. They can't even put equipment on yet. There's just workouts. There's, you know, you know, you, they can throw the ball, you know, maybe go a little bit here and there one-on-one depending on certain time frames. So there's a lot of rules with the NFL, but what happens is once we get into June, then they start having um, their, their actual OTAs, which is uh, organized team activities. 
and they'll start doing a little bit more. And then they have a mandatory mini camp uh, in the middle of June. That is that everybody has to be there. These are all voluntary, but everybody has to be there for that. It's kind of like actual practices that happen. And um, that's the last of it. And then once that's over in mid June, then everybody breaks until training camp reconvenes at the end of July. The bills do have their rookie mini camp this weekend though. In fact, tomorrow I'll be going down to the stadium uh, to watch the rookies for their first day and then talk to those guys. This is a great team time of the year too, sell for sports. You got the NBA playoffs, the NHL yeah. playoffs, the national lacrosse league playoffs, Gold Bandits and the and the Canadian Football League now is in training camp here, and uh, I'll be doing some media work for the Argos this year as well. So, and I, I saw Jim Kelly's uh, 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 nephew yesterday, uh, Chad Kelly, at the Argonauts training camp as well. He's going to be the starting quarterback this year for the Argonauts, and I guess he still has NFL aspirations. So, this is going to be a huge uh, year for him in terms of getting another opportunity back in the states. Yeah, for sure. And I know um, we've charted and followed Chad's career a bit here in Buffalo since he's from the area. And, and it always hasn't been the best of times for him, that's for sure. So, you know, for him to try and climb back and get back into the NFL, that'll be interesting to watch from uh, from over here. Definitely. Now, uh, one question I wanted to ask you, so I know you can't say much about his condition. I just want to say uh, prayers and uh, I really hope John Murphy makes a full recovery and fingers crossed he's uh, behind the behind the mic uh, this season for the Buffalo Bills. Can you just tell us how much he means to you as a friend and as a colleague and how much he's meant to the organization over the years? Yeah, no doubt. So um, I'll start, you know, just with the organization. Murph, people might not realize John Murphy was actually the color commentator for many years alongside Van Miller, who was the play-by-play -play voice of the Bills. And when Van retired uh, back in 04, 05, somewhere in that area, I don't remember the exact year, um, Murph took over play-by-play -play duties. He shifted from color commentary to play-by-play. -play. And throughout all that time, going back to the really the mid to late 80s, Murph was a sports anchor at the ABC affiliate, WKBW Channel 7. Then he was at WIVB Channel 4 in Buffalo, which is the CBS affiliate. He's been a radio show host. He's he's a media icon here in Buffalo. And, you know, he went to Syracuse like I did. I remember, um, you know, in 2000, maybe nine, around that time, I can't remember exactly when, 08, 09, I came up to Buffalo. I went to training camp. And on a whim, I, I called the, the, the studio where John Murphy was, Channel 4 at the time, and I said, Hey, my name is Sal Capaccio. I'm here in town. I'd love to meet you just to say hi, pick your brain a little bit about the industry. And he said, absolutely. So he welcomed me in. We had a great conversation. And lo and behold, two years later, I get hired and come back to Buffalo. I moved from Florida to come up to WGR. And the Bills, we didn't have the radio rights at the time. That was on another station. But then yes. things flipped and we got the radio rights that year, right after I came up. And Murph comes over as the play-by-play -play guy. And he remembered me from being in contact with him that day that I went and visited him. We talked and because of that relationship, he trusted me to be on the broadcast with him doing some stats and stuff. That's how I started. And then slowly I moved into the sideline role and then the beat reporter role. So John really, John had a very, very big hand in me being on the radio broadcast. And I'm so glad and I'm so thankful. And he really allows me to do my job every Sunday, which is let him know from the sidelines. I have something valuable to contribute, you know, during the play, during the broadcast, and he'll throw it down to me. And we've become very good friends over the years. And that friendship means a lot to me. And I know his relationship to the organization, his relationship to Buffalo in general means a lot to people here. He grew up in Lockport, not far. His best friend is um, uh, John Beeline, the former you know, basketball coach, Michigan, Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh, John, John goes way back. His dad was involved in politics, 
um, that people know about up in the Lockport area. So his name resonates and he certainly does with Buffalo and me, with me specifically. And even though I'm an Eagles fan, I really enjoy John's work. I remember his days with WKBW. And Sal, when I started this show a couple years ago, uh, John had enough face to come on my podcast show and uh, talk to me for 45 minutes. And as soon as I said something about Ernie Hawa, the former, uh, the late Tigers announcer, he just went in there, went into that as well. And uh, it really meant a lot to me as an NFL fan and a fan of John Murphy that he would uh, – come on my show a couple years ago and uh i really hope uh he makes a full recovery and uh he's able to be behind the mic this year yeah we do as well looking forward to uh to uh seeing him i did see him i had a recently i um i turned 50 and my wife threw me a very nice birthday party uh and a lot of the uh, buffalo media that were able to come happy birthday thank you and um and murph was there and it was great seeing him and welcome to the 50th uh, club. I turned 50 last June. All right. Well, there you go, buddy. We uh, we have that in common. We're both the big 5-0 now. You, you don't look a day over 35, man. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And, uh, hey, this year I'm really looking to for, for one game specifically. Obviously, as an Eagles fan, Giants, uh, Giants, the Commanders, I almost said Redskins there, and uh, Dallas, obviously. But I'm looking forward to taking on Josh Allen and your Buffalo Bills uh, this year at the link. And I'm just curious – to know when that game is going to be out because I might make the travel, uh, the visit down to Philly for that game because that should be one of the better games this year in the regular season. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but I don't know. You know, we have we we've heard all these rumors and leaks, and as we sit here today, this afternoon, it's not out. We'll find out tonight for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know exactly when that game's going to be. I I feel like it might be more of the middle to late of the year, but I don't know anything necessarily. I do feel like it should be a primetime game or at least a national window game, right? Bills and Eagles. That just screams like it should be. And, you know, of course you have the, the, the bills, which are one of the better teams in the AFC. And then you have the Eagles, the best team in the NFC. And both of them have great rosters and with the year Hertz had last year, but you also have the storyline of Nick Sirianni. You know, he's from Buffalo and he's the head coach of the Eagles. And I think that's a great storyline to highlight as well. So I think, um, you know, that should be a game that's going to get highlighted. I'm sure it will, but I wonder if it's going to be a primetime game, you know, at night for one of the networks. Well, there was a couple of Bills games leaked out, but I don't know if you can confirm them. Uh, the home opener is apparently against the Jets on Monday Night Football on September 11th, and then they do have a game in London this year, apparently on October 8th at 9.30 our time here on the East Coast. Yeah, for sure. Um, as I sit here today right now, we only have those two games, I think, confirmed, but I've heard possibly the Bengals game, the Bills at Bengals could be Sunday night, November 5th. It's not necessarily, it's not, if someone's listening to this and like, oh, that didn't happen. I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's some things that I've heard hearing. It could be the Raiders in Buffalo in September at some point hearing it could be Miami and Buffalo early Buffalo, and Miami late, which is a flip Chris, as you know, because of the weather situation last year and how much that played into the game. That would be interesting, but the bills are going to London. Um, you know, that's a big storyline. And of course um, we could talk about that, but, the Jets week one. I mean, how about that? The Bills go to New York. It's going to be on September 11th, the anniversary, 22-year anniversary of the terrorist attacks. It's going to be against the Jets, and it's going to be against Aaron Rodgers and his debut in a Jets uniform, which is going to be just a fantastic environment to be in. What's the mood right now in Buffalo about the Bills, and do you still feel the Bills should be the favorites still in the AFC East especially? Oh, I do think they should be the favorites in the AFC East. I think the, the gap is closing, though. Okay. Um, you know, for sure, when you add an Aaron Rodgers to a team like the Jets that already has such a great defense and has so many playmakers on offense that we've seen, you know, with Gary Wilson winning Rookie of the Year, Brees Hall, 
could have been rookie of the year before he got hurt. We'll see what his status is. Probably doesn't factor in as much early in the season, but I'm sure he's going to play. You know, when you have a guy you add in like that, you've got to put them right up near the teams that are going to be competing with the Bills. And they did beat the Bills last year. And then you have the Jet, you have the Dolphins, who also beat the Bills last year. And you have Tua. And the question with him is, can he stay healthy? Because look what he has. And, you know, those wide receivers and, and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And now they add Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator, which is a huge get for them to have. But I always remind people, Chris, you know, as much as the Bills struggled at times last year, as much as the Jets did beat them once and the Dolphins did beat them once, the Bills still won their division by more games than any team won their division last year. The Bills won the division by four and a half games, actually, which is quite wow. a bit. That's, so you're going to have yes. to make that up. Can you make up four and a half games, even with all these changes? And all these teams have tough schedules. The Bills have one of the toughest in the league, but they all do in the AFC East because of the rotation, the way it goes. So, but can you make up four and a half games? I don't know. And I still would tell you that if you go even outside the quarterbacks, if you just take the rest of the 52 players, I think the Bills have more depth than all these teams. The Giants, the Jets still have question marks on the offensive line. Can they protect a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, right? The Dolphins still do have, you know, questions. They couldn't run the ball very well last year. They could at times. Um, we'll see. Even, at, you know, with two of his health, I think it's a big question with them. And the Patriots are an afterthought, which is incredible. Bro, you division. don't give them any chance with their defense? I don't give them any chance to win the division. No. No, I mean, okay. even their defense to me was okay last year. It was good. It wasn't great. I think they put up some nice numbers at times, but um, they got beat by mobile quarterbacks left and right. Justin Fields torched them. Josh Allen torched them. Lamar Jackson has you know, gone pretty well against them. So I, I, I don't think Bill Belichick has done a nice enough job to adjust over the years to that. They don't have any playmakers on offense. They have nice players. They lose Jacoby Myers to replace him with Juju Smith-Schuster. I'd rather have Jacoby Myers, I think, right? Um, so I do not give the Patriots much of a chance to compete for a division in the AFC East. I think they'll be competing for a playoff spot, just like the Jets will, just like the Dolphins will, and who knows? Maybe one of those teams will catch the Bills, but even outside the Bills quarterback, I think they do have the best roster, but then you add Josh Allen, and to me, he, he is still obviously the best quarterback in the AFC East, considering Aaron Rodgers' age and the fact that he had a down year last year. Definitely. One thing I wanted to bring up with you, Sal, is they did bring in a former Patriots running back, Damian Harris. Obviously, yep. the motor Devin Singleton, who, who I was a fan of, uh, went to Houston. What's your thoughts on Damian, Damian Harris coming to Buffalo, along with James Cook and the uh, gentleman they got from the Colts last year, uh, Hines? What's your overall thoughts on the running back situation? And are they uh, good enough, you think, to take a little pressure off Josh Allen from doing all the running? Yeah, that's the that's the uh, big question we've always wanted here in Buffalo. Are they gonna? How does that look to take more pressure off? And the Bills went out and addressed the offensive line a bit to do that. They signed Connor McGo McGovern, David Edwards. They drafted Osiris Torrance, so that'll help a little bit. Obviously, Dalton Kincaid is a really big addition. We could talk about him, but as far as the running backs are concerned, you know, James Cook. People forget and maybe not know this. He was 11 carries shy of being a, to qualify for league leader status. He didn't have enough. But out of the 89 carries he had, he averaged 5.7 yards a carry, which is an incredible number, right? I mean, James Cook really had a great year when he was running the ball last year. And I think the Bills are going to allow him to flourish a little bit more. And obviously, he'll be, to me, their number one running back. But you had Damian Harris in there. Damian Harris is a good running back. Now, he's had some injury issues with New England, but he's powerful. He's got some speed. We saw him break away on a 70-plus yard touchdown run in Buffalo on Monday night uh, a couple of years ago. So I think he'll, he'll add for sure. Naeem Hines? Probably not going to factor as much in the running game itself, but they love him as a receiver out of the backfield, just like James Cook. And he's going to be a return man. That's why they love having him on the roster. And I think the the sneaky one here is, you know, they they did not have a lot of success on short yardage last year when they wanted to run the ball. 
So they go out and sign Latavius Murray, who's a big back, 6'4", 225, 230. And I, I think Latavius Murray could be a guy that could help even more in those regards. Like you're talking about taking some pressure off Josh Allen, not only throwing the ball, but Josh having to be one of the guys that a person that has to run the ball in those short yardage situations. Do you feel this offense will be better than last year's? And overall, obviously you got Steph Diggs, but do you think Gabe Davis can be a legitimate number two, or do you think he would be better as a number three option? Well, he can be a legitimate number two. I think he was a legitimate number two last year. He did okay. catch over 800 yards in passes last year, and he missed a game. He was close to breaking 1,000 yards if he if he doesn't miss that game. I think the problem and the question that people have had about Gabe Davis is some of the inconsistencies and some of the drops that he's had. Um, and they did show up last year at times. But let's remember, Gabe Davis also runs the furthest routes of anybody on the team, and even in the league, his average depth of target is, like I think, number one in the league, if not if number two maybe at most. He's... And in Buffalo weather, that's tougher to be able to come up with those catches, obviously. I'm not making excuses for him. I just want to put it in context of what his role is. He also plays more than any receiver on the team because he's the best blocking receiver they have. I think what they've done here is they've signed Trent Sherfield. He'll replace a lot of that blocking of Gabe, I think, to come on and be able to do that. Free Gabe up to run a few more routes. They did sign uh, Deontay Hardy as well to be able to work a little bit underneath. And I think the biggest thing is Dalton Kincaid taking pressure off Gabe and Steph on the outside to be able to work a little bit more by controlling the middle of the field. The Bills were looking for someone since losing Cole Beasley to be able to do that. Now, instead of having a 5'8", 175-pounder in the middle of the field, they have a 6'3", 225-pounder in the middle of the field. He might even be like 240, whatever he is, um, in the middle of the field. So I do think that Gabe Davis can be a legitimate number two. I think he was a legitimate number two last year, except that he had some inconsistencies, which I think people point to, and rightfully so, with the drops that didn't allow him maybe to flourish or have the type of year overall that a lot of people were expecting. Any chance Cole Beasley comes back, or is he done with the Bills? I think that ship has sailed once they once they drafted Dalton Kincaid on top of signing Deontay Hardy. I mean, they even released Isaiah McKenzie. I would think if there's any chance that they wanted a guy like that, maybe it would be McKenzie for what he's done, but it doesn't feel like it. When I say no chance he comes back or the ship has sailed, I mean like for training camp, beginning of the season. You never know what happens during the year with a couple injuries. And you call a guy because you put him on retainer and say, stay healthy because if we need you, we're going to call you up. That's what they did last year. So I'd never say never in that regard, Chris, but I, I don't think Cole Beasley, and even he said, Cole Beasley said on Twitter, you know, someone asked them the same question. He said the same thing. Now that they've drafted the tight end to put in that role, he doesn't feel like that's going to happen. And he also said that if a team doesn't invite him to training camp, he feels like he probably will just retire because that means that they don't like him enough to bring him in. Then he, feels like it's not worthy enough for him to to be a part of the team after that. I've always liked Isaiah McKenzie, and I think maybe a change of scenery with the, uh, I believe he signed with the Colts might do him well. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And then he can work with um, Anthony Richardson as well. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, so yeah, I like Isaiah and Isaiah has been great for the bills. He's been great for locker room. He's a, always a great uh, personality, um, but I don't just don't know where he fit in anymore. I think that was the issue. You know, they signed Deontay Hardy, they didn't now they have Dalton Kincaid didn't know when they released him, but they also have return guys. Naeem Hines is a return man. Hardy's a return man. They can put Micah Hyde back there. So I just don't think Isaiah had a true role in the fact that they could save over a million dollars by releasing him. It just made sense on why they did it. How does the team look right now? Salary cap wise heading into the season. They do not have a lot of money. Um, <laughs> they don't okay. have much money to do much. So what you see is what you get. Now that said, there's always, 
there's always a way to do things if you want to do things. And there's always a way to do things if something really comes up. And the Bills could say, hey, screw it. We'll change all these contracts. Go to guys. Restructure things because we're trying to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. And people thought that could happen or whatever. But Brandon Bean has said many times, you know, their goal is to maintain a level of high standard of play and consistency and contention for years and years. They don't just want to do it one year. They're not going to sacrifice all this stuff down the road just to do that. They feel they can contend for a Super Bowl by not having to do that. And they have contended for a Super Bowl, but they don't have much money. Now we'll see what happens here with a guy. There are some edge rushers available. Like Frank Clark is out there. I'm just throwing out names, right? Like, I don't know. Um, uh, Jadavian Clowney. If there's a guy like that, they feel they got to bring in because maybe Von Miller's not ready yet. Maybe you see a veteran like that on some incentive deal. So there's money to do that, but they don't have much money to go out, you know, and really do much more this off season. Okay. Um, thoughts on Ed Oliver. And do you think he can then finally um, develop even more this year? And also what are your thoughts on Leslie Frazier uh, stepping aside from the NFL for a year? And uh, I'm assuming Sean McDermott is going to take over the defensive coordinator position as well as doing the head coaching role. So the plan is for McDermott to be the defensive coordinator and play caller. Okay. And yes, he will be the head coach as well. Of course. Yes, He has said consistently that, you know, he has a great staff around him. He's going to rely on them for a lot of things. People are wondering how you're going to be able to, you know, do that. It's not foreign. You know, Andy Reid does it on the offensive side, obviously. I know they have had um, Eric Bieniemy there, but he's done that. We've seen a lot of coaches do it on both sides of the ball over the years. It's not always a perfect way of doing things, but it has worked. And I think that Sean, as a former play caller, as a former defensive coordinator, working under Andy Reid, working under Ron Rivera, guys like that, that he's learned and he's confident he can do it. Um, so yeah, that is the plan. We'll see where that goes. He's also said, if it's not working out, he'll give it to somebody and say, Hey, yeah, this isn't working out. So I think to have that perspective and that willingness tells you that, you know, it, that, that gives you a little confidence that he's just not going to say it's my way, the highway here. It's going to make sure that it works for the team. Um, I do think that it could change a little bit. I think that, you know, they let Tremaine Edmonds go via free agency to uh, the Chicago bears. He actually signed, you know, with the bears and free agency. So you wonder what the middle linebacker spot looks like. You have Terrell Bernard and Dorian Williams are a little undersized there, but they signed Taylor Rapp as a safety who could play linebacker. And I wonder if that means they're going to be less, there's going to be less nickel and more, maybe three linebackers who are all kind of real good athletes who can move around to help against the run. You wonder if they're going to be a little bit more aggressive, aggressive as far as blitzing is concerned, you know, under Sean, they have been with Leslie, all these things have to be kind of worked out. So um, yeah, I do think that um, I do think it's going to change a little bit. And Without Leslie, though, you know, you're losing a really good person in the building. You're losing a really good mind in the building. You're losing a really good human being with Leslie Frazier. Um, you know, he means a lot to the organization. He means a lot to the people, the, the guys who play for him. We've heard from them about this. So, yeah, I do think that it's um, it's going to be a change. But it's one I'm excited to see, Chris. I think, you know, Sean McDermott, he's putting the pressure on himself. He's saying, this is on me. There's no finger point. I'm not going to blame a coordinator here. If it doesn't work out, it's on him. And I, I think that's super interesting to see how that goes. Do you feel the uh, the defense is pretty good, but do you feel the the pass rush uh, will even be a little more improved this year than last year? Well, I mean, I know the Bills hope it would be because of, um, you know, the, all the work they've done over the years and trying to build up to this point. But you have to remember Von Miller, what's his status, right? That's the question. Von Miller, when the Bills had Von Miller and he was healthy, it was very good. They, they yes. were putting up very good numbers and then he gets hurt and you could see it really hurt not having Von Miller. It's not just his numbers, everybody around it. There's less double Impact. teams, by the way, you did ask me about Ed Oliver and I apologize for yes. not answering. So no. I'll make this a part of an Ed yep. Oliver answer. Yep. You know, Ed Oliver is a guy that I think he really benefits from having 
Von Miller, you know, with him and he's drawing double teams and Ed can be more of the penetrator as a defensive tackle. Otherwise teams have to concentrate on him. And, you know, he isn't you know, getting the job done necessarily from that regard. And it is a very big year for Ed Oliver. He's going into his fifth year, his fifth year option on his contract. I think bills would like to have more from him. He's guaranteed over $12 million a year, but maybe the perfect thing is for him to have this fifth year option in this contract year. And he has a great year. It helps him out, make money and helps the bills out you know, what they're looking to do. They did go out and sign Puna Ford and they have Daquan Jones. If they can have those guys eat up blockers a little bit and have Ed Oliver as the penetrator that they know he can be, that would really help him. So we'll see where that goes. But as far as a pass rush is concerned, I look, excuse me, for a nice jump from Greg Rousseau this year. I think he really stepped into a nice role last year uh, as a pass rusher and really a well-rounded game, even as an edge setter. And with Vaughn, of course, you know, he could be a much better, but I do think Greg Rousseau is developing into a really nice football player for the Bills that can help him there. Is there a time frame approximately for Vaughn's uh, return, like maybe October, November, or, or nobody's, nobody knows yet? Nobody knows yet. Um, Brandon Bean even said he could be ready for the opener week one. Vaughn's a freak, wow. man. I mean, he, yeah, we don't know, though. That, that's, I think, I think okay. that's just saying that, like, we don't know. He, I think what that is telling us, don't try to put a timeline on it, right? Could be week one, could be week 10, could be whatever week. You know, I think what happens here in Buffalo, Tredavious White tore his ACL on Thanksgiving, didn't come back until the following Thanksgiving last year. And some people are using that as a gauge. I don't think that's a proper gauge. Von Miller's gone through this before. He's had a torn ACL. He's come back. He's also an incredible workout fiend. Not that Tredavious White isn't, but he also plays a position that's different than corner. We have to have all that back and forth movement. So I, I don't think you can really compare the two. So there's no timeline on it right now to answer your question. We'll see what happens. I do not expect him to play much at all if he sees the field at all in preseason. Maybe even he'll probably start preseason on the pup list, but then we'll see if he starts the regular season on the pup list, which would then wipe away his first six games. Obviously, he's a future Hall Actually, of Famer. I think it's first four games now, the way they change it, but just for clarification. Okay. Preseason is still three games, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you feel that's still enough time? for the general manager and the coaching staff to uh, assess players in game situations? hundred percent. I mean, I think you could do two okay. preseason games and do go to, I've actually always been in favor of more controlled scrimmages than preseason games. I think you can script your plays and what you want to do with the other coach to put your guys in certain situations. Um, we've talked with McDermott about this over the years. I think he likes four, actually some coaches do, I mean, but I think some coaches would be fine with two. So I do think three is enough. It might be just the right number, to be honest with you, right? Just the right number to do what you want to do. But I've always been in favor of having more controlled scrimmages, which teams do when they go with these, um, you know, these uh, joint workouts that they have with each other and things like that. So, yeah, I do think three is enough. And by the way, that's also going to be released on Thursday. And with the NFL schedule, the preseason games, we're always like, that's a mystery because you never know who they're playing, let alone where. That just comes up out of the blue. I'm guessing the Detroit Lions will be one of their opponents in the preseason. You know, they were for many years when Ralph Wilson was owner, but then once Ralph passed and the Pagoulas took over a few years later, they did not play Detroit a couple of times. It's generally a lot of times still Detroit, but it's yeah. not always every year anymore. Okay. Are you okay, Sal, for uh, one more question? Sure, sure. Okay. And, uh, hey, I appreciate the 30-minute time limit because, um, like I said, when you're in radio, too, you can't always do hour, hour-and-a-half shows. So, uh, well, I just is... got through with my two-hour show. Yes. And I got and on you're... with this. And I have another right. podcast I'm doing after yours uh, for somebody uh, that I did yeah. college radio with at Syracuse University that, that yeah. uh, reached out. So we're doing that today, too. Definitely. And a lot of my guests uh, from the States have come from Syracuse University too. So it's a pretty good pro program for the yeah. radio broadcasting. So for sure. Um, 
This question I wanted to get into you, Sal. Um, quick thoughts on the Bills' 2023 NFL draft picks in Kincaid, Torrance, Williams, Shorter, uh, Brooker, I think, and Austin. Well, um, I think the Bills, two things they did this draft. Um, number one, they really uh, went for guys I think they can think can help them this year, right? Which is um, – Whereas last year, they actually lost a couple of guys that got poached because they didn't make the roster. The Bills roster is so good, draft picks aren't making it sometimes. So then guys go and they get claimed off waivers and the Bills don't want that. They want to have guys that they can keep and to help this year. And I think the Bills feel that they didn't get enough from their draft class last year overall. They want to have guys that can do that. So I think they draft a guy like Justin Shorter, who, for example, wide receiver, but he can play all special teams. He can be a gunner. He can make the team like that. And that can be a con contribution. And then he works into more of a wide receiver role. Same thing with Nick, Nick Broker, a guard. Um, who might be able to make the roster and, you know, contribute even this year as a backup. But Dalton Kincaid, to go up two spots for him, to specifically target him, that's the other thing they did this year. They really went offensive. Dalton Kincaid, Osiris Torrance with their first two picks, Justin Shorter, later Nick Broker. They went offense, and I think there's a heavy concentration on the offense this offseason to try and help Josh. Josh got hurt last year with the elbow. I think it affected his play. They didn't, um, they didn't protect as well as they wanted to. I think getting Dalton Kincaid to control the middle of the field, be available early, getting Osiris Torrance to help protect him, I think was a big theme of this offseason and how they really approached it. So we'll see how these guys contribute, but it's going to be interesting because the Bills do have a very good roster, like I said, and it's not easy for rookies to get on the field and play big roles. Okay. And we'll wrap this up, Sal. Where can my audience here in Ontario find you on social media? And again, when is your daily show on WGR 550, The Extra Point, uh, with your co-host Joe DiBiase on, uh, on daily with WGR? 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Monday through Friday is when Joe and I are on. I'm on pretty much in the morning for a segment, in the afternoon for a segment. It varies every day what hour that is, what time that is, to talk about the bills, give them a daily update and a report. And, of course, on Twitter, at Sal Sports. Uh, you can always find me there tweeting about whatever it is and letting people know when I'm on the air and things like that. Okay. Well, Sal, thank you so much for giving me, giving us a half an hour of your time today. Your third appearance on my show. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to come down to a game this year in Buffalo and uh, also see the bills take on the uh, birds at Lincoln financial field. I want to say thank you so much for doing this and uh, have a great rest of the day and look forward to the uh, schedule release tonight at eight o'clock on the NFL network. Yeah, hey, man, um, keep doing what you're doing. You have my contact. You're coming to a Bills game or you're going to be in Philly. You let me know. Definitely, Sal. Thank you so much. Take care and good luck to the Bills. Okay, thank you. Thanks. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's Season 5, Episode 54 with uh, Sal Capaccio, the co-host of the Extra Point Show daily, Monday to Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on WGR 550 in Buffalo, along with his co-host, Joe DiBiase. And Sal's also the longtime sideline reporter for the NFL Buffalo Bills as well. Just to let you guys know, the next Live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, will be Monday, May 15th at 11, 11 a.m. Eastern, 4 UK time, with special guest Olivia Lynn. She is a UK uh, country music recording artist, and I'm going to be talking to Olivia Lynn about her career in music and how she started out as well. So I hope you guys can tune into Season 5, Episode 55, this Monday, May 15th, 11 a.m. again with Olivia Lynn, a UK music artist, recording artist as well. Guys, before we go, guys, I'm going to just show you a
little clip of an interview I did just from the Windsor Express of the National Basketball League of Canada, and they just won their game last night against Sudbury. They're up two games to one in the best of five against the Sudbury Five, and their next game is Friday at 7 o'clock. I'm just going to play a little clip of the interview I did with Justin Moss from the Windsor Express. Here's Pame again here at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium after the Titans defeated the Windsor Express 113-91. I have uh, Windsor Express player Justin Moss on here. Justin, uh, thoughts on the game tonight against the Kitchener Waterloo Titans and what happened in that second half? Uh, second half, they kind of took away the game. Um, we got caught up in the traps, uh, missed some rebounds and loose balls, but we'll bounce back tomorrow. I was going to say, it's a quick game, 2 o'clock. Um, I guess you're going to have to do quick adjustments overnight, I guess. Um, what has your experience been like being with the Express and the National Basketball League of Canada? Uh, Canada's a great league. It's great for exposure, great for guys uh, working on the game, trying to be for everybody. Thoughts on head coach Bill Jones, who's also from Detroit, I believe. Bill Jones? Good guy. I uh, appreciate him giving me the opportunity to come over and try to help the team as much as I can, uh, give everything I got. Is there a story behind your number? I always ask my ask or the athletes' guests on my show to do the story behind their number. Which number? I, uh, 25, I was just giving on the way here, but my, my real number is either 23 or uh, number 11. What's it like playing for the Express and, and at the WFCU Center? I enjoy it a lot, man. That center is, uh, arena is, is great. Uh, great environment. Good what are your thoughts on the TBL and the uh, NBLC emerging next year into a Super League? I think it's great. I think it's going to be a good opportunity that's in Canada, uh, the United States. Um, I'm excited for it. And what would you say to somebody who's never been to an Express home game or an NBLC game of Canada at all? Make sure you get tickets, man. You're missing out on a great experience, a lot of fun, great uh, vibes, music, and uh, bring your kids. They're going to love it. Okay. And you're from Detroit. So where did you go to high school in Detroit? Where did you play your college ball? I uh, graduated from Romulus uh, and then uh, finished my college career at Buffalo. University of Buffalo. Okay, cool. And if you had a choice between Michigan or Michigan State, who would you choose? Michigan State. Michigan State. Okay, I'm a Wolverine fan. You see my keys? <laughs> okay, we won't own it against you. I love uh, the rivalry uh, between Michigan State. Michigan State. Yes, sir. Come on. You got a favorite uh, Spartan? Uh, nah. No. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, and where can my uh, audience uh, follow you or find you on social media? That would be just one in time. Just J-U-S-T-I, I mean, J-U-S-T-1 in time underscore. Okay, well, I better let you go, Justin, because you guys got a, a three-hour bus ride yes, back sir. to Windsor and a 2 o'clock game tomorrow, which if you're not going to the game, you can watch on NBLC uh, TV as well. And please say hi to Aaron Sanders for me. Yes, he's, he's the guy who got me into this league. So, gotcha. Justin, I want to say thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, good luck tomorrow against the Kitchener Waterloo Titans. Thank you, sir. That clip was courtesy of my YouTube channel. And I want to say thank you to Justin Moss from the Windsor Express uh, for coming on here as well.
Uh, again, uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, type in Chris Pome or Live with CDP Sports Talk on YouTube. I have tripled my subscribers in the last year, and I want to say thank you to everybody for subscribing to my YouTube channel as well. Speaking of NBL of Canada, the National Basketball League of Canada, uh, today with the Basketball League announced uh, three teams from the NBL of Canada are confirmed to go into the Basketball Super League next year, the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans, the London Lightning, and the Subway Five. And I'm looking forward to this new league uh, starting up next year that's going to have uh, a number of Canadian uh, franchises as well. So it just made more sense for them to emerge with the Basketball League as well. And I'm going to hopefully have uh, David Magley or his wife Evelyn Magley or oddly uh, Stevenson, uh, the commissioner of the National Basketball League of Canada, hopefully on my podcast soon, I hope, and be able to talk to them about this uh, new Super Basketball League next year and having some uh, NBL teams come in and also uh, Canadian franchise and Newfoundland Rogues have already committed as well. Speaking of the NBL play, uh, Canada playoffs tonight, 7 o'clock tonight, London Lightning uh, the defending champs at the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans. The defending champion Lightning lead this best-of-five series 2-0 and can wrap this series up uh, with a sweep with a win tonight against the Titans at the odd. If um, if you can't get if you can get down to the game, guys, you can get tickets at kwtitans.com. kwtitans.com. And if you can't get down to the odd tonight, I will be there as a media affiliate and I'll be working at uh, mid-court. Uh, you can also catch the game on... Uh, NBLC TV live streamed at seven o'clock and it is a whiteout night at the odd. The first 50 uh, Kitchener Waterloo Titan fans will get a t-shirt from the club. And uh, I really expect that the Kitchener Waterloo Titans tonight. Um, obviously if they lose the season's over. So uh, please check out NBLC TV tonight at seven o'clock live stream or come down to the odd, get your tickets at the kwtitans.com as well. Some other news, guys. You got the uh, NFL season schedule release 2023 tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network. I know one of the games has already been leaked out. The Eagles and Giants at Christmas Day on December 25th at 4.30 at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, the Bills will open up the Jets' home opener on Monday Night Football against Aaron Rodgers on September 11th. And the Buffalo Bills will take on the Jaguars in London, England on October 8th, 2023 at 9.30 a.m. So please check out the NFL Network tonight, and they will be releasing the preseason and the regular season and all the primetime games tonight at 8 o'clock. And uh, again, Go Birds, Fly Eagles, Fly. And one of the games I'm looking forward to this year at Lincoln Financial Field is the uh, Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen and Steph Diggs taking on Jalen Hurts, Smith, and A.J. Brown at Lincoln Financial Field. I think, who knows, maybe a possible Super Bowl matchup as well. Again, you guys can check out my guest, Sal Capaccio, and uh, his co-host, Joe DiBiase, uh, weekdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on WGR 550. The show's called The Extra Point as well. And we're going to wrap this podcast show up again as well very soon, guys. Uh, just give me one second. Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment talk show hosted by yours truly, Chris Pame, is on weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, the home of Southern sports and talk.
in the heartbeat of Atlanta. And my show is on. I say thank you to Ryan O'Neill for giving me an opportunity as well. So please check out uh, my show on the radio station. And the website is wqeefm.radio12345.com as well. And we're going to wrap this up soon. Live with CDP Sports Talk podcast is live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Thank you, everybody, for watching live stream today as well. And also, you guys can check out my website. All my digital digital media content is on there. Previous podcast shows, beacons.ai slash Chris D. Pome as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk is sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 or email them at info at barrycullen.com as well. And thank you so much to Mark Cullen and the dealership for sponsoring Live with CDP sports time you guys can also follow me on tiktok at live with cdp again i post a lot of video content there as well is the official live stream provider of live with cdp sports talk if you're into webinars or podcasting such as myself uh please check out streamyard.com great product and it makes your podcast webinar look uh professional as well live with cdp sports talk the audio version is available on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Castbox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, Tuned In, and again on WQEE 99.1 FM as well. And finally, before we wrap up this show, guys, you can email me or text live with CDP Sports Talk at cpalme19 at gmail.com or you can text me at the show at 519-820-7188. Again, I want to say thank you to Sal Capaccio, uh, his third appearance on Live with CDP Sports Talk in the last couple of years. He is the uh, co-host of the Extra Point Show daily from 10 to 12 on WGR 550 in Buffalo, and he's also the longtime sideline reporter for the Buffalo Bills. Thank you so much for coming on on today and if you guys can give me about 20 minutes i will have this episode downloaded to all my audio platforms and this will be on wqee 99.1 fm uh hopefully sometime this week as well uh again my next live with cdp podcast season five episode 55 monday may 15th coming up 11 a.m a.m Eastern 4 p.m. on UK time with special guest Olivia Lynn. She's a UK uh, country music recording artist star and uh, really looking forward to speaking to her as well. So I hope everybody has a great day, great afternoon. And in case I don't talk to some of you guys until next week, I want to wish all the mothers out there uh, watching or listening on audio platforms a very happy Mother's Day. Day, including my mother a lot for me as well so happy mother's day to all the moms out there across the world and to my mom noreen i hope everybody has a great day and uh also new jersey at china 7 p.m the hurricanes are up 3-1 in that series seattle at dallas 9 30 tonight series is tied to two game five and then nba playoffs i believe uh boston at philadelphia game
game six. Philly, the 76ers can uh, wrap that series up with a win. And Denver at Phoenix, uh, the Nuggets are up three to two. So I hope you guys can enjoy, enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight, the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball as well. And uh, I will be off to Kitchener this afternoon uh, for the Titans-London Lightning game at 7 o'clock at the odds. KWTitans.com for tickets, or you can watch on MBLC TV online streaming. Have a great afternoon, great evening, everybody, and we'll see. See you.